Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. Welcome to the very first episode of Three Witches and a Druid, as we sit around the kitchen table talking about paganism and what's important to us. So in this episode, we're going to talk about who we are and what's brought us around the fire, I guess, and what has made us stick to this incredibly crazy community and stuck to our incredibly crazy beliefs. There's four of us, and I'm sure there's eight different definitions of what a pagan is. Sitting right here, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. The dictionary version is a uh, polytheistic earth-based religion. Oh, is that it? That is the dictionary okay. definition of pagan. So sitting around the table is myself, Ryan Larder. I am the druid of the four of us. And then we have... Gwen Armshaw. And Margo Melanson. And I'm Thistle McMain. Yeah, and I guess they're the three witches. <laughs> three witches. Poor Brian stuck here with the three witches. Well, someone has to know how to run the computer. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess in this episode, it's mostly we're just looking to sort of introduce ourselves to talk about who we are. Not necessarily who we are in the community, just about who we are as pagans and what brought us to paganism. I guess we'll sort of discuss what we hope this little show will be all about. I'll start because I pulled the short stick. I'm Brian Larder. I am currently the scribe of the growth of Nova Scotia Druids. I wear way too many hats because I'm the scribe of the growth of Nova Scotia Druids. I am the deputy chief of the Senior Druid Council of Adia. I'm the deputy chief of the Regional Druid Castle, and I am the scribe of the Senior Druid Castle for ADF, as well as an individual who is hoping to start up a pagan church here in Nova Scotia, along with Gwen. I have a lovely, very pagan wife, and I have a little snotty-nosed ragamuffin monster. Uh, he's about five. We're trying to raise him pagan, but he doesn't really care at this point. He only wants to watch Dino Trucks and Octonauts on Netflix and doesn't really care about anything outside of that, which is fine. Yeah, It's all about five. Yeah, it's all about being five. (laughs) Our Grove is incredibly family-centric. I think every member of our Grove has children except two members. 
Well, three members. You know, I think there's five kids in our grove right now, all around five, six, seven. I've been in Nova Scotia now for 20 years, originally from PEI. There's a kind of surprisingly good little pagan community over there. there. Is. Wasn't when I grew up, was growing up, but there is now. So, my name is Gwen. I can remember when I first realized that this was a thing. And I was pregnant with my second child. It was 1986. And I was in a secondhand bookstore, which is where I spend way too much of my downtime. <laughs> and I picked up a book that was called The Complete Art of Witchcraft by Sybil Leake. I thought, huh, I'll take that home with me. And it was falling apart and it is still falling apart and it is much loved. I still will go back to certain things in it, but it was broken down. Chapters were tenets of faith. And I can remember going through and going, me, me, this is me. And it was just beyond, I, I had never found anything that I resonated with so, so closely. Shortly after that, we moved to Northern Ontario. And if it was hard to, in the 80s, in Southern Ontario, to um, connect with fellow pagans, because we're talking pre-internet and all of those sorts of things, it was much harder in a frontier sort of setting in the north, in the James Bay area. So until 1999, and as well, the local library had nothing and nothing that I could get out even when, you know, in the 90s, when other people were on the internet, I lived so far north that when I eventually, because we were doing the back to the land thing, so we were without things. And then finally, we compromised and we compromised. So we got power and then we got a phone. But even though we had a phone, it was a party line. So you couldn't, I couldn't even have dial up if I wanted to. So at one point we made the trek, we moved here to the coast and that was in 99 and I joined the UU church and there connected with the local pagan community and we were really, really grateful to to make that connection. So I have in my family two grown boys and three grandchildren. So we are now three generations of pagans. At least the grandchildren are being are being raised in that and we're, you know, very much encourage them to to find their own way. But that's where we're headed. And I'm very happy to be part of a few local groups and working with Brian to form a legal association that will provide pastoral care services among many other things. I am Margot. I grew up for the most part in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I had never heard of paganism there, although a large part of my depression as a teenager and young adult stemmed from there being no magic in the world. And it wasn't until I moved to Nova Scotia 32 years ago. It was shortly after I moved here, I met up with, I ran into a friend from Winnipeg at Laundry places. <laughs> the natural gathering. Place. Yes. <laughs> she was pagan and she's the one who introduced me to paganism. So I slowly started exploring and realizing that yes, there was in fact magic in the world and it was up to me to create it, to experience it. Along the way, I worked for eight years, I think, at Little Mysteries, our local pagan bookstore. So my life was very pagan immersed. My work life, my social life, 
I found it very difficult if I had to go out into the regular, the real world, With the like Canadian Tire or something. <laughs> yes, I was very, very immersed in paganism and pagan way of life and, and exploring different aspects. I mean, one of the advantages of working where I did, I needed to learn about other paths in order to help customers who came in searching because more often than not, people who walked through that door knew they were looking for something but did not have an idea what. I've worked with many groups for many, many years over the years. I mean, there was one group that we must have been together 15 years. And then that group has gone on and transformed and become its own other thing. And I mean, I've been working with Maeve for 20 years, at least 20 years. Yeah. So my life sort of seemed to veer off briefly. And in the last two years or so, it's really been pulling me back in and it's been nothing but beneficial. I'm happy to be exploring the magic in the world again. We're all dating ourselves. Yes. We (laughs) talk about things. I'm the youngest. I'm still 40. So the youngest. (laughs) (laughs) We're so the youngest. I'm Maeve. I want to say I've been doing this my whole life, but I didn't know what I was doing. Looking back now, I see that I was always a pagan child and I found out after I came to paganism that it's in my mother's family. It just wasn't identified, so to speak. I was in my early 20s and I uh, was doing a paper in university, the last of my university, and it was on prison reformation in the 18th and 19th century. And I went to the St. Mary's Library. I there found the complete art of witchcraft <laughs> by Sybil Lee <laughs> in the St. Mary's Library in, you know, 1987 or something crazy like that. And I thought, because I was doing thing on torture methods used in prisons, and I thought, oh, witchcraft, this might give me the, tell me what the, how they tortured people during witch trials, because so, I was looking at prison systems at the time, and I started reading Complete Art of Witchcraft. As every page I turned, I went, oh, God, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is me. This is it. This is it. And I was just so shocked, because, you know, witches were devil worshippers who sacrificed babies. You know, what did you know in 1986, right? Yeah, I mean, I had no idea. But it completely spoke to everything I had felt through my whole life. So that was very interesting. And then I was fortunate to meet new people. Actually, I was on my own for quite some time and I found a few books. There's very few books to find. Sort of, you know, thought about it on my own and was on my own and then later found people. But um, so I've been active, really active for over 30 years now. So it's been a long time. I've belonged to many different groups. I, until COVID, doing the Witching Hour on CKDU radio uh, for over 20 years. It's been a long time. I can't imagine. I was just saying to Brian before everyone arrived that, you know, how, how much now in my life at this age do I want to even try to, you know, pass with the muggles, you know, with people. And it's like, you know, how much of myself do I want to compromise anymore? I know you all know what I mean when you got to go out and pass with the Magona yeah. Canadian Tire. But I've been doing this a really long time. I have a uh, 18-year-old daughter who has been raised pagan, but, you know, right now that's kind of, I may think it, but she'll talk to the hand. <laughs> <laughs> kind of idea. 
So that's all right. Yeah. When you said the complete art of witchcraft, I said, oh, there. <laughs> How many people have had that happen? You just sort of come across it. And I had no idea. I was just so shocked. I'm a what? I'm a witch? This can't be. And it's just been on the road since then and no no looking back and no stopping. Exactly. No stopping whatsoever. I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine not living for myself. I cannot imagine how bereft I would if I didn't live a pagan magical life. And I guess this is where we, the focus shifts and I kind of agree. Uh, I was going through a hard time with my husband's health issues. I do do some work as a pagan for the federal government as being specifically pagan. And I was talking to co-workers and said to them, they were asking and I said to myself, I don't know how people cope with the world today without that connection to the magic of the divine. However, however you see that and how whatever vocabulary you use for that, but to see that and, and uh, I just can't imagine. If I hadn't found paganism and, and that idea of the magic of the divine, I wouldn't still be here. Yeah. I have no doubt whatsoever. That that's one of the things, I'm not going to say it's the thing, but it's certainly contributed to my survival to this point. Yeah. Absolutely. If anyone can find, now I know the book is still out there. I have seen the four-part series. It was The Sacred Balance by David Suzuki. It's funny, you guys were talking about your book, The Sacred Balance is my book. It's, oh, isn't that, that, that is That to oh. me is the Druid Bible. Like well, it's... it's the truth because he's talking about how people are more and more disconnected and how people are just so depressed and so stressed and everybody's so separate and, you know, separate from the earth and everything in any society where people live close to the earth. They're much healthier in mentally and emotionally and all of that where people are just so tense and upset. Nothing can calm you down, like spending a few days out. You know, it doesn't have to always be in the woods, but just somewhere where you're not, it's not all the dog-eat-dog of every day, and you're not exhausted, and you're worried about your mortgage. <laughs> I feel, I often it's feel nutty. like that is the book I think every pagan should read. Yeah. Because it's not about paganism. It's, it's about just, human ecology. Exactly. Oh, yeah, it's, it's about connecting with Mother Nature and understanding why things are the way they are. He takes it with such a, he's not heavy handed. Like the last chapter is all about going to your kids when you've done all that you can do. And you all you can do is say, I've done what I can do. And that's all I can do as a person. I'm sorry the world's going to hell on a hand, in a handbasket, <laughs> but I've done the best I can do. And I hope that you, my child, will do the best that you can do. Hopefully we'll continue on. I think one of the best analogies in there is that the whole human race is in a car speeding towards a brick wall and everyone's arguing about who did it. Oh, I like, recognize yeah, that. that. <laughs> I recognize that. None that, of you were doing quote. anything about this. I but. know. It, it, it is all very crazy. And even people who, you know, the, the city slicker who, you know, they still want to go to Cuba and sit on a beach. They still love all, they still love watching a fire when they can, you know, the water, having a walk in a park. They still like that and they feel so much better after they do it, but they're, they don't pay attention to the, oh, they just, oh, I've had a walk and I feel better. Are you paying attention to, you had temporarily that connection and that is what helped you. And if you were connected more, you would feel better. 
But they're so focused on their made-up economies and yeah. profits. And you mean BS. their cottage on a lake with their boat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah. like one of, one of the things I've taken from the pandemic in general. It's just all of this is just made up. The banks, the economy, the stock. It's just made up stuff. That somebody at one point said, let's play this board game and take everybody takes it seriously. It doesn't matter at the end of the day if the stock market crashes, the economy crashes. As long as I have food in the ground and clean water over here, I can survive. None of that matters. In Canada, we need a roof over our heads. Yes, it was. <laughs> you can go out to the woods and cut yeah. down some trees and build a house. In Canada, we need that. Yeah, you don't need the stock market in Toronto to accomplish any of that. None of that, in the end, will matter. And it appears, and I, you know, who knows how much of that is uh, internet uh, fake news, but it appears that the the planet, the globe, actually does a little better when we do a little worse. Yeah, reduce greenhouse emissions, exactly. and cleaner air, fish swimming in the canals in Venice. It's yeah. like what the heck? And is we this? can see them because it's clear enough water yeah, that we yeah. can see that they're there. Now, of course, this is not necessarily the definition of paganism, but understanding that balance is definitely part of being understanding yeah. that going for a walk is going to make you feel better being connected with the land you're standing on these are important factors that a lot of people just don't take into consideration they sit in their little cement condos wow. why am i depressed because you haven't touched the ground in how long <laughs> yeah. since the lockdown started end of february beginning mm. of march, march i'm currently work in a flower shop the plants we have sold has yeah. been unbelievable. People are locked in their apartments or their houses. They need something green. They need something in the dirt. They really need to nurture something and watch it grow yeah. because that's not happening either in their careers or in their social life. But now it's, the plants we're selling is unbelievable. When I, I do have a vegetable garden in our community garden. And I went at my regular time to, you know, pick up some transplants and do this. And I need some manure for the whatever. Everything was practically sold out. All these people are home. People who've never gardened in their life. You know, even if it's just a two by two plot in their front yard or trying to grow a flower and a few herbs. And I was like, what the devil is going on so here? One of our <laughs> one of our grove members nuts. owns a greenhouse. And at the beginning of the pandemic, he was like, how are we going to make this work? People will really be able to come in. We're going to lose money this year. The end of the season, he's like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where they sold out of everything. I, I, I can't quote, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty positive. They had sold out of everything about three weeks earlier than normal. Yeah, it was, yeah. everyone like, was crazy. I spent time helping him set up an online store and so we got it all up and ready and probably a month or so in, he's like, we have to take it down. Like, the sales are too high. Like, we can't keep up. So, <laughs> we, which is kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> we spent a lot of time ourselves gardening. Like, we always have a nice big garden in our backyard, but this year we, we were able to spend so much more time doing it, paying attention to it. Man, I think to this to this today, there's still tomatoes on the plants. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that's my carrots are still in the ground, but they can still until it's cold. Though it was, uh, it was like, what do you mean I can't get that bag of whatever I'm looking for? It was. It well, was you come to us next year. We hook the druids will hook you up. <laughs> the druids will hook you up. It's so crazy. I guess this kind of works into you did mention. You did mention how important the sacred balance is, you know, to Druidry, to your view of modern Druidry. Yeah. What else do you 
see as essential in being a druid? The only real difference I find between druidry and witchcraft or other pagan passes, it's not that there's less magic. It's just we sort of connect a lot more reasoning to the magic. It's a lot. I wouldn't say it's more scientific. It's just, oh, it's, it's just that way because it's always been that way. We just accept it. Personally, as a druid, I don't feel I can create magic. I feel it's around me and I can understand it and study it, but I don't feel I'm making it. Once again, this is just my personal opinion. I feel that's a big difference between. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Where I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, witchcraft you believe that you create it, correct? Or some do? I think, and this would, this would be really interesting because I Well, think there's four pagans around the table. There'll be that, six opinions. That yeah. you eat very easily. I think that we are made of magic. And for me, magic is that which we want to call the force. <laughs> which, yeah. That, that yeah. It, it is. So I am a pantheist. So, so that that divine energy permeates us. It creates tensions between us, but also connects us together. It binds everything and enlivens everything. So animism. It's yeah. An animist is somebody that also believes, and that is also me. So I, I would identify as an animist, a pantheist, in the sense that I am a human person, but I recognize that your dog, that Rosa, is a person as well. That she has sentience, that she has soul, but I also think maybe those carrots in the garden, they have their own sense of sentience, the trees too. And that part of my witchcraft is to connect to those other persons and connect to that divinity that flows through everything, that energy. I do believe, yes, that I can shape that and bend that and make small changes in my world by being in that. In that flow and and working with that, right? That's basically what I, <laughs> I, I believe that. And there, there's an interesting, and I think we'll talk about it next time. That we're all just made of energy. If you look into quantum physics, mm-hmm. everything is molecules and atoms and subatomic particles and everything. So that vibration. This, this table is just energy. Yep. We're energy. Everything is energy. So people are paying attention to the material, mm-hmm. which is really only. Point zero 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 one percent of everything, where ninety nine point nine 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 percent is energy. And like you, I do feel that I can tap into that energy and I can help shape it by times to do that. But 
People don't grasp that. Just a cat. It's just a dog. It's just a, you know, it's just a chair. It's yeah, a rock. Some people just look at it. And yeah. take it literal. Well, they're, they're just more. paying attention to the material when, yeah. in fact, every single thing here is just a pile of energy that has taken some form, and we're almost no different. One other thing I could say, and. People could easily argue this with me because I know a fair bit of witches. I find druids are more deity centric. I don't really hear a lot of witches talking about gods and goddesses, or druids talking about gods and goddesses. I, I think most druids are hard polytheists. Yeah, oh, it, it, uh, that I, is that is almost that a strict is a tenet rule of, of druidry. Yeah, that's a hard tenet of ADF druidry. Obad is not quite okay. that harsh. But the vast majority of druids you would find to be hard policy. Oh, no. Now I am no, I'm very polytheist. That even is different with amongst you know, yeah. even amongst witches. But no, I'm very and I'm very eclectic. Yeah. And I will, you know, depending on the need, I guess you could say, or the mo the mood or the mode or whatever it might be, I will I will use deity. Certainly, yeah. and then the goddess and god are very much yeah. part of my life. One thing a druid picks up on often is they have a patron deity. They'll have a god or a goddess that they, this is my god or goddess. There's literally hundreds of them, but mm -hmm. these are mine. Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting and shows how much I have been out of the community at large because that describes me and pretty much everybody I work with. Yeah, yeah. So I was not aware that there were pagans out there who did not have a patron deity or yeah. didn't work with there, there's a there's a shockingly wow now i have to say this is a whole different episode yes we can oh, get for into sure. we yeah. can get into baby yeah. witches and yes a lot of them don't have anything to do with gods or goddesses wow yeah, and it's that to me is fascinating yes like that, is that can, a new thing that's been is that re when i say new recent within the past 10 years possibly i, 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 I think really... it's probably more popular now mm -hmm. but you think the idea uh, a gardener with the god and the goddess, which is just some sort of overarching archetype of gods and goddesses. So, you, you know, you say the god and the goddess, and sometimes they have a face of a specific god to you, and I can be corrected by the druid in the room, but I don't think you pray to the god. The god always has a name. Right. Oh, yes, yes, there, and there's a lot of them. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. So for me, and this is something I have a bit of a discussion with other druids, I personally believe that deities are human personifications of concepts and ideas and feelings and beliefs. I don't necessarily believe that there's four guys sitting around the table up there doing their taxes, like, well, this guy's good, that guy's bad. <laughs> I believe that these are our own human projections of these concepts. Sort of egregores or something we've created through group things. Exactly. Exactly. And, and they have taken on their own personalities, yes. but they have their, they're getting that. Exactly. Now, also one of, I feel one of the great things about paganism is that the relationship between God and humble servant isn't God and humble servant. I know a lot in Wicca, it's you work alongside. In Druidry, it's, it's a little bit more of a, a subservient type relationship. But in lots of pagan paths, there's the gods and goddesses are there to work with, not I like the term in Druidry, Owen. So it's that back and forth that they give, but also, you know, you're part, you co-create with them. Yeah. Now, like one of our, like one of our most important tenants is uh, something we call the ghost, the, the host, hostess relationship. And that works on all sorts of spectrums. If you were to come into my house, the first thing I do is offer you hot beverage, stuff that's comfortable. <laughs> I want you to be comfortable in Did my house. Did you have home. your supper? Yes. <laughs> uh, but that also works with the gods and goddesses. When we invite them to a ritual, we want 
them to feel welcome. We want mm -hmm. them to be comfortable at our ritual table. Mm -hmm. And this is a very important tenant for us. Mm -hmm. yeah. I do have a couple of gods and goddesses that I, I do work with frequently. Not exclusively. Yeah. Because oftentimes exploring new gods and goddesses I find very interesting. And I find finding someone new or someone you never occurred to, oh, well, that's what I need in my life, or this is whatever. And maybe this concept, this deity can help me, or maybe they're waiting for me or something like that. So for me, it can take many, many different phases. So I have a few that I'm, you know, particularly partial to because they just work in my life. Right. It's very, very interesting. I think a lot <laughs> of people will find that they may connect with God or a goddess, but then you'll find that with, as time goes on and you learn more you may disconnect or reconnect with another you have to be open to that i think i'm approaching that myself actually yeah. i think i'm the first word that came to mind is incorrect i'm not outgrowing my goddess but i think she has taught me what i have needed to learn from her right and i think it's going to be time to find a new connection and see who is the next to teach me what i need to know what? Because, how it because different gods and goddesses have, you know, are different concepts, mm -hmm. different stages of life. Different yes, stages of life. Believe me, I have fought long and hard <laughs> <laughs> to resist this particular stage in my life. Yeah, I love this stage in my life. Now. So, to stay on topic of the episode, what do we hope to sort of talk about? I, I would like to just talk about. I suppose what I was saying earlier about having as much of your faith in your life as you can in this world. Like, you know, as a pagan, how do I, you know, manage this, this and this and still keep myself connected when everything is so very disconnected? You know, just everyday things. Yeah. Some people say, oh, I could never go to work wearing a pentagram. Yeah, but you can go to work wearing your a starfish. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. a five, you know, it's an ocean symbol. It's a five-pointed star, so to speak. Just ways to to be comfortable in this world, but keep my keep your faith. Right. And, and, but at the same time, having the conversation along. of why can't you go to work wearing a pentagram? The lady next to you is wearing a cross. What's the difference? Well, it often doesn't work out that way. No, I realize that. Your employer that, doesn't like it, or yeah. this or that. No, or I realize causes... that, but that's, that's stuff well, like, well, like well, a conversation. Well, well yeah. you, you can that is a conversation you can, but you don't need any more friction in your workplace, and it's probably already some, there. Some people are not comfortable with that amount. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. but I don't think Things anyone like needs to be pushed out of the group closet. We just right. need no, to, no, ways to make it at least make it a walking closet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere comfortable to be. Yeah. Just, you know, how, how to uh, think about it in today's uh, society and how to incorporate the old and the new. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. You know, because we can't all go back, whether I might like to or not, I can't go live in the woods in a log cabin a hundred years ago. You can't do that because right. I do like modern medicine. I will give it that. Mm -hmm. And so just how to incorporate it all into, you know, managing your life. Right. Oh, don't tell me I said it all. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think what we're looking for here is a podcast about general pagan life. And we hope, I think we have a slew of topics that we want to talk about while possibly inviting guests, depending on the topic. Of yes, of course. And it's not about anything in specific, but just general day-to-day -day life. Yeah. That showing that there are regular folk yeah. living regular lives, but incorporating their beliefs 
in a positive way in that life. Like, I'm almost okay. positive we could probably do an entire season of just you working at Little Mystery. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, we could. An entire season. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so stuff like that. And I have a small example. So my daughter-in-law in the hospital just having given birth the day before, and she's in a small town down the South Shore. We got talking about paganism, and she's like, there's just, there's nobody that follows that faith down here, Gwen. I, you know, it, everything that I've been and you met your friends. This and is always one of my favorite topics of conversation. There, there nobody, nobody here, here believes this. Nobody here believes this. Here's 40 people that all believe the exact same. And as we're talking, the um, personal care worker or whatever, the LPN comes in to do some work on her. And, and they chat because it's a small city and, and my daughter-in-law knows everybody and is related to everybody else, you know, and uh, so the LPN leaves and I said to her, that woman's a pagan. And she went, what do you mean? And I said, did you check out the pentacle ring and the triskily earrings? There was something else I can't remember. And she went, oh, and she does this on the solstice. And, and she went, you're right. <laughs> it was absolute shock. This girl she went to school with, this girl, mm -hmm. and you know, she's not a terrifying person that somebody would be afraid to be out to. But if you're not open to it, yeah, uh, people are always shocked. They think they're the only people. Oh, well, that, that's what I thought in the beginning when I read this. I thought, I'm obviously the only one and I'm alone. And I was, I figured I was alone for You'll several years. You'll have to years. move to the new forest in Britain to yeah, people. <laughs> it was, it was crazy, which wasn't true. But here's a cute story along that same line. The very first Avalonis Pagan Gathering in 1995. You're talking the first first? The very yeah, first, okay. 1995. You, Tim, Vanessa, and Me. three other people, and Margo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Well, what it was is we expected 25 people and 120 showed up. We, everyone was just shocked to pieces. We were like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Nine people from Moncton <laughs> showed up and said, I'm so happy to be here. I'm the only one, and I don't know a single soul. Nine people, people. just from <laughs> Moncton. The same and that's the thing. Like, I get messages all it's the time crazy. in the valley. It's like, yeah, uh, I'm just in here. It's like the Bible Belt. No There's Scotia. no community. There's no community. It's like, well, here's these six other people that messaged me last week. Same yeah. exactly. Thing. Well, like, the same. There's a bunch of you down there. At Little Mysteries one summer when the enormous American aircraft carrier was in port. Guy walks in, Little Mysteries, oh my God, like just gobsmacked looking around, <laughs> doesn't even know where to start and piles of books. I can't believe I've never seen anything like this. This is great. There's nobody on board to talk to. And I mean, there's what, 6,000 people, as I said? <laughs> he leaves. Two more guys come in. Oh my God, I can't believe this. And this went on all afternoon. It's like you need to set up a bulletin board or yeah. something to connect with you're each not other. Alone. No, yeah. absolutely not. That's a whole different episode, but the amount of pagans in the military is insane. You're right. A lot of them just don't know it because there is no system. No. Now, the military is actually incredibly aggressive in that sense. They've allowed a lot of things that, like you can have pentagrams on your tombstones now, and it's marked on your dog tags, and compared to a lot of other areas of our life. So yes. Like, weirdly enough, the military is the aggressive one. But... <laughs> <laughs> yes, they, they actually, they have been for quite some time. Yeah, they, they actually caught on board. Yeah. But... There's a couple of uh, ADF senior priests who are working in the military in the States at least, and mm -hmm. do uh, pastoral care and stuff. Yeah, but that is a funny thing. People all think that they're the only one when, yeah. they're, when they're everywhere. 
there was one year I went to the ritual in the commons. There had to have been four, five hundred people. It was the biggest ritual I've ever seen in my entire life. And when I tell this to other people, like, yeah, we have this event in the commons with hundreds of people that show up every year. They're just, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It would be nice to, uh, hopefully this podcast will help people, uh, you know, to know that here we are in Nova Scotia, Canada, and uh, help people maybe know they're not alone. Yeah. And there's places we post events, or you can come out, you can meet people. So, like, from my very quick research this afternoon on the bus, I couldn't find any other Canadian pagan podcast. Is there one that I'm not aware of? There's a lot of podcasts. Yeah, a lot of them are like southern United States. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of American ones. A lot of American ones. I'm uncertain. Now, do we have an email address yet if people do want to? Not yet. We'll we'll set one. We'll get one eventually. Yes. So, I guess that's that's it because at the end, it's always nice to say, do you have a definition of which? Do you have a, how do you see your druid? Well, in the meantime, until you have one up, you can email me at mavewitch, one word, at eastlink.ca. There we go. Mavewitch, M-A-E-V-E-W-I-T-C-H, at eastlink.ca, and I will pass everything on until we get an official one. There we go. Four witches and a druid. How are we? Three three witches witches and a druid. Three witches. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Brian, I counted you as a witch there for a minute. (laughs) I think that's a good conclusion to our first hello episode very good i i look forward to the future of this and i also look forward to uh you know times when we'll even conflicting that's the opinions best. that's yeah. the best oh, yeah. i see yeah. it this way you see it that way we got to promise all now not to, <laughs> to <laughs> me no, no well i'm no not being a big mean. into astrology but i am a taurus and i know i'm right and you were wrong and that's <laughs> sort of the end of this. <laughs> No, I am also not. a Taurus. Oh, so there we go. No, 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 but you see, I am an Aquarius and I know more than all the rest of you. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are because I am, you know, living in another plane of existence <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm not material. So there we go. What about you? Oh, Gwen's I'm a Sagittarius. So basically, I will just hurt all your feelings widely <laughs> without any knowledge of it. Just go on, sing along, you know, blah, 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 blah and slap y'all down into place. <laughs> so there we go everyone stay tuned there we go. how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.